everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Dad Cast. How are you? I am JP. That guy over there is Mr. Nick Martin. Nick, you feeling better these days? I'm okay. I'm uh yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't say I'm feeling totally better, but I'm okay. You're okay. You're okay for the next hour. I don't I don't have COVID today, so that's good. <laughs> okay, good, good. And it's that's just yeah. perfect timing here. We can see who has just right. popped on. We are live on YouTube. This is an amazingly awesome episode. It is my pleasure, my honor to introduce to you uh, a couple of really cool cats. Okay, one of them just disappeared. Uh the Nelsons, Matthew and Gunner. Right now, Gunner is on. How are you, sir? It's Gunner and the other one. Let's get it clear. Gunner yeah, and the sure. other one. I don't, I'm not yeah, entirely sure he's going to agree there. There he is. He's connecting. Matt hey, Nelson. There. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm very casual today, running around Nashville, doing guitar-related stuff. It's uh, Life is good. Fantastic. Awesome. We, we wouldn't have it any other way but casual. Uh, casual gentlemen, is good. Um, first off, I just, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come on our uh, podcast. It's, it's, it's an honor. Um, I'm a big fan of your guys from back in the day. As a matter of fact, I was a sophomore in high school back in 1991. So, uh, you know, if you guys do the math, you know, things were pretty hopping for you boys back then, but let me tell you a little bit about Dadcast. Uh, it's not your typical podcast that I think you've ever been on. I hope, uh, we don't like to talk about what your careers are. I mean, we'll get into that. We like to center That's on good. the fact that we talk about being dads and everything that comes along with it, you know, the past, the future, the present, the, the path, everything in, in between. And that's what we are going to try to focus on today. Now I do have to warn you, we do occasionally go off the rails and by occasionally uh, Nick will tell you pretty much every single time. Every so time. <laughs> we may dip into career and other things as well, but for the most part, that's what we got. You guys cool with that? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds, sounds great. I, oh. I can see from the backgrounds, except for Matthew, who obviously dressed for the occasion today, that we're all kind of music hoarders. I'm looking <laughs> at our backgrounds here. And we're all bit. collectors. Yeah. Well, not me. I'm more of a lightsaber collector and, and Star Wars, you know, stuff and ah. whatnot. But, you know, and, and if I go higher, you'll see WWE belts and whatnot. It is the way. That's this right. is the that way. Is, that is the way. <laughs> Uh, you guys, as a rite of passage, first question we always ask here on DadCast. Now, I did a deep dive. I already know the answers, but we're going to ask it anyway. I'll start with you. Gunner, first, are you a dad? I am a, I am a dad and a father and a pop and all of those things. They, all, they are different hats and, uh, and stuff, but, but I am. And to be honest with you, being a, being a father, being pop here in this house is, is really the true north in my compass. It's what what inspires me to keep on going and doing what it is I do. There's no real reason to talk about the career because man, to be honest with you, the only reason for the career ultimately is to take care of my, my kids, take care of my family, you know, it gives you a sense of purpose and stuff. So, you know, you know, Matt and I both have been pretty excited to do this podcast and I think it's long overdue. I I really honestly do. I think um, I just have this, this uh, motto that you can't be, a great parent and be a selfish person. You know, you, they, the two things don't go hand in hand. And, and I think that, uh, you know, for me, I was really lucky. I got kids when I was 45 years old, you know, I, I inherited three beautiful daughters uh, all at the same time. And I thought up until that point, uh, because I had lived a selfish life and I was on the road constantly. I, it was just at that point in my life, I thought that uh, fatherhood was going to escape me. 
And then I was just really blessed by it and it changed everything. And I, and it was in a great, in a great, great way. I've got a good friend of mine who's a killer guitar player and uh, shout out to Scotty Bratcher. He and his wife just had a beautiful little boy. And, uh, and he was concerned before that because he was so driven as a musician and he thought, Hey, is this going to be detrimental to my career and to my drive? And it's like, bro, you know, the thing that happens that I didn't expect is like, I was always, you know, an A-type personality. Um, I was always very driven. I, I had no shortness of that, but uh, being a father, all of a sudden you become uh, a caveman hunter that goes out killing things <laughs> and dragging it home. And, and it's really, really been a good thing for my initiative and my drive and my follow through. That's that's awesome. One of the best dancers I've ever heard. Matt. Yes. You okay, again? Totally enough. Don't joke it. Yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> I am. And I'm the short I, answer I, guy. You're the good answer guy. Right. I've, I've figured that's something right. out already. That's uh, okay. I, I, am a, I am a father. I am a stepfather twice. And I am a grandfather twice. What? So, um, yeah, I... Uh, uh, I'm very fortunate to to run the full the full gamut. Um, like like Gunner, you know, I I wasn't a dad until much later, and um, always always wanted to be a dad. And I kind of uh, well, let's just say uh, I became a stepfather first. You know, I have a, a stepson and a stepdaughter, and uh, she, you know, my stepdaughter, she's 30 now, but uh, two beautiful kids, a little boy and a little girl. And, uh, my little boy, uh, Ozzy, uh, came along eight years ago he just celebrated his eighth birthday. So, uh, not only did I get to kind of, uh, you know, do the, it's very difficult to, you know, Gunner has done a great job with it because, um, and, and his kids make it easy because they're great kids, but you know, to basically, you know, hi, I'm your dad. It's really, it's very interesting thing, you know, to, to get that, especially when, uh, Gunner met his kids when they were a little bit younger than, than mine were, you know, my stepson was, he was already 16 years old and my stepdaughter, I think was, uh, I think 20 or 21. Um, so, uh, there was that, that kind of dynamic. And then to be the age that I was when we were expecting, uh, Ozzy, a biological child, it was really interesting to go through all of that stuff with, uh, with being older, you know, frankly, you know, uh, as far as the process of that and really wanting a child. And we were very fortunate because he, he was ready to, to show up. It would, didn't take very long. And, <laughs> you know, we were, we were expecting, so we were very lucky that way, but, um, uh, it was just kind of neat to, uh, to really, to really want to go through that whole phase of it. And it's, it's that I think Gunnar and I can, can share in, in one reality, which is, you know, it's the same thing that all dads, I think, go through is, is if your child is, is sick or having a hard time or whatever, there's nothing worse than that. You know, when you're going through it, it's like, I always say this being a dad is like having your heart outside of your body walking around, uh, you know, I've said that and, more than once to many yeah, dads on this, on this show. A a absolutely. So, you know, like in, in the case of little Ozzy, you know, he, we, we, you know, not to get super personal, but you know, he was going to be uh, breastfed and that just didn't work out. And then we tried formulas. The first formulas burned him like acid, like hearing a little kid screaming like that. It was just horrible. We went on an organic formula and it worked out. But I just remember for that, for that day and a half, two days of feeling so amazingly helpless and they can't tell you what's going on. So yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, a, a really interesting thing. And, um, 
you know, I, I can honestly say just all, all through it, um, all of my, my kids, my grandbabies, you know, I, I was very fortunate too, because, uh, uh, my, my grandson, when he was born, when he started talking for some reason, I got the nickname shiny. So he calls me shiny. That's my, my nickname now. And it's so much better than being called, like it could have been stinky, you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think cause I used to have earrings and, you know, I wore a lot of silver that that's yeah. just my nickname, you know, and Gunner has a nickname that my, my little boy has coined. He, he's uncle Guggo, G U G G O. That's his name. So he's Guggo. We're going to Guggo's house. Wow. You and came real stuck. close to Grogu. How awesome would that have been? <laughs> that would have been cool. Well, to me, it's kind of the mix between Grogu and Sluggo. So. Right. Yes. <laughs> now. Okay. So uh, Matt, you said, is it Matt or Matthew? What do you prefer? Matt's fine. We'll do Matt because I'm Matt in the hat today. So there you All go. All right. Matt in the hat. Yeah. You're, 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 you're oldest biological eight. That's Ozzy. Yes. So, I, so, how, so how old are you when uh, he was born? If you want to disclose that. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to be 55 in a couple of weeks. Wow. So 47, so, 46, give or take. Yeah. When you had your first child. Gunner, That's how old right. is your oldest? Uh, tw- I've got uh, 22, uh, 18 and 16. Okay. So you it still were a little bit, you were not as old as your brother there. Uh, well, when I, had I, the was, first, I was, I was 45, you know, when it happened, which was the same age incidentally that our father was when he died in his plane crash. So, right. you know, for some reason, I just kind of thought, I don't know why I just had it in my, my mind subconsciously that 45 were, it was the total amount of years I was going to get too. And I thought, okay, you know, lived a great life and, and uh, saw the world and, and uh, sang some cool tunes, met some good people, and fatherhood was not going to happen, you know. Um, and, you know, Matt and I definitely do, just like with everything in life, we come from dif- different philosophies. See, my thing is, if you want to piss me off, call my kids my stepkids. My kids are not my stepkids. My kids are my kids. They're now, what happens, what happens if someone who, like, this, we'll just say me, for example, um, if I refer to them because they are technically that Without knowing, would you would you hold up and correct me first, and then I would, and I, then go? I, I do like our fans, you know. I, I do, and there's a troll on the internet that won't won't let me have a LinkedIn or not LinkedIn a, um, a wiki profile. He's co- constantly trolling and doing this whole uh, thing, um, which which really sucks. But my kids are awesome kids, and their father was not an awesome father. He committed suicide the year before. Uh, I met my kids and okay. they really, they really needed a father and um, they've been just such an absolute blessing, but they've been through enough. And to me, when someone, you know, call, refers to them as stepkids and stuff, it's kind of like, I take it as like, they're not really my kids. And that, that's the statement that I make. That's not true at all. As a matter of yeah. fact, I chose, I chose them all three and biology had nothing to do with it. Biology, you, you know, there's a process that God's behind and there it is. I chose these kids. Right. You know, I'm right and- there with you. I have my, uh, my oldest, uh, who is for lack of a better term, a stepdaughter. She's about to be 18. God help me. Um, in just a couple of months, but she's been my girl since I was, she was three years old and there you but, go. But dad is also in the picture and a good one at that. Yeah. So well, that's a blessing. You know, yeah. I had always, I'd gone through my dating history. I, I had one, one girlfriend when I was 18 years old who had a, an adorable little girl and we got really close really quick. And her mother unfortunately turned out to be a piece of crap and it didn't work out. And the hardest part about that relationship, not working out 
was having to walk away from my relationship with the little girl, even though me and her mom were only together for like six months, you know, her dad was not a good guy. Her dad was not around. And I was the first father figure that she really had. And that was tough. And it was such a heartbreaker. I think in the back of my mind, it always had like, you know, one of, one of the few rules I was going to have is I, I don't have the heart to date somebody with kids because if it doesn't work out, I don't want to go through that kind of pain again. Yeah. And a lot of it also had to do with the fact that her birth father was really not a good guy and was constantly making my life a living hell. And so I thought like, who needs that? And then, you know, here I go and God gives me a a family where these little girls had a father take himself out, like I mentioned. So there's no toxic birth father who's in, you know, I, I didn't have to deal with that, which was really I think a blessing. I've got so many friends that have to deal with the politics involved and as if parenthood wasn't hard enough, then you yeah, add yeah. that into it too. And it's just, man, you know, nowadays, especially with the world being as crazy as it is, fellas, man, you got to really want to be a great father. I mean, anybody can, can give birth. And as our parents will basically be proof of that doesn't make you a great parent. You know, um, I think parenting is something that you do a father, especially being a father, because everybody, I mean, like Mother's Day is the third most popular holiday in America right now. Father's Day is number 26 or something. Yeah, like I know. That. It's behind like National Pizza Day or something. I'm exactly it's, right, yeah. man. It's like, dude, Arbor Day is more popular than Father's Day for crying out loud. Yeah, I know. So, That's crazy yeah that's one of the main founding points when we started this podcast um it wasn't intentional to uh uh, you know put a a spotlight on dads and and because you know don't get me wrong we love you moms out there without you moms of course (laughs) we ain't we ain't we don't exist but we wanted to shine a light on the good dads out there and how important this role is and you ain't kidding that that's the nail on head when you say arbor day i mean come on I just, I think the difference is like, look, you know, being, um, having kids. Okay. The dad role typically is you go out and you're the provider. That's your number one job. You're providing for your family and you do that. But what makes you a pop or a dad is when you come home tired at the end of the day and you've been working all those hours and all you want to do is kick your feet up, have a beer and watch the ball game. But you grab the baseball mitt, you go out back and have a game of catch instead when you're done, that's, that is what makes you pop at that point, yep. you know? And well, uh, you guys had something, you guys also had something in, in common, you know, just to kind of, uh, kind of go back for a second here in both of your cases, you know, there were young children that needed a dad to kind of step in and be a full-time dad in the case of, of what I kind of went through, um, with my, with my, uh, my older kids, my stepkids is that they, they had a dad, they have a, a father and uh, for that's, that's their, you know, have to respect their, their lineage and their family situation, whether it's functional or dysfunctional or whatever. But like my daughter, my uh, stepdaughter was, you know, she never lived with us or did anything like that kind of lived in Iowa. I lived in California at the time. My stepson uh, wound up coming out to live with me and stuff. But I'm just saying that, there was a family there already that I kind of got into in the, in Gunner's situation. He, he was the, he was the father because the father was gone and those kids needed, they needed a full-time dad and he did a great job with it and does it every day. He's a great father. You know what I mean? So I think it really kind of comes down to it. It's like, when I say that 
I'm not saying anything derogatory or I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying it like it is because you know, I, I think am- that distinction is pretty cool though, because like you're right with Chelsea and with Waylon, um, mm-hmm. they've got, they've got two fathers. They've got a the, father. Right. And, yeah. and, and that's, and in the case of my, my girls, um, the biggest thing that was weighing on me uh, was it's impolite to talk about people who have passed away. So I'm not going to dwell on it, but he wasn't really a, a good male role model. And I, I you know, I, I believe that especially little girls, um, they want to fix the issues they've had with their dad when they're growing up. And my biggest concern and what I lose sleep over other than them being sick, as Matt mentioned is I just wanted to be a good enough man in their life to where they would hold out for a good guy too, when it was their turn to have relationships and build families of their own. And they weren't going to try to go back and heal these old wounds that they were never going to be able to heal from a father who never really wanted to be a father, you know, when he was around and I'm really, really pleased so far, it seems to be working. You know, they've got great discernment. And they've got great standards. I always tell them, you know, whatever you feel you're worth, you're right. And, um, you know, there's no reason to to try to take on your parents' karma, your father's karma. You've got a clean slate right now. Just make your decisions consciously. And, you know, basically don't subconsciously marry one of your parents down the road. You don't want to do that. And, and fortunately, they're old enough now where I'm getting the signs that I think that mission at least is accomplished. And, and uh, you know, they're getting to the age too where they're, making their own choices and they're going to make their mistakes and, and all that. And all I can do is be uh, a person on the sidelines. I'm not going to strap on the Cape and be all codependent and try to fix all their stuff for them. But uh, I'd like to be the voice of reason when they want an opinion. And fortunately their instincts are pretty darn good. So as Matt mentioned, they make it easy. They're great kids. So if, if they were troubled kids and they have every reason and excuse to be messes and they're not, and, and that does make my job a whole lot easier. Well, you know, uh, it it says something as well. The, they're not because guess what, you. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, they're not not all you, but a very very large chunk of that psyche and 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 bringing up is from what they learned from you. I, I have no doubt in my mind. And oh. and coming from also a fan of you guys outside of the box, can I just say they did they hit the lottery when it comes to like family line. <laughs> I mean, I mean, right? I mean, are, are they, are they getting into music family, or acting so. or anything? Yeah, it's it's super cool, man. You know what? The the greatest thing was uh, my eldest daughter, Katie, was uh, I think she was thirteen, and she brought a gaggle of her girlfriends over after school one day. Right. And uh, the girls walked past the poster. It's in my living room of my dad in Rio Bravo. He was eighteen at the time, uh-huh. standing next to John Wayne and Dean Martin, and all of her friends stopped and went. Who is that? <laughs> and she got to say, that's my grandfather. Yeah, but what about great-grandma and grandpa? I mean... Oh, right? 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 I mean, Jesus, yeah. down the line. Well, we also, well, we have it on the other side of the family, too. You know, the Harmons weren't so yeah. shabby either, you yeah, know. No, not sir. I was going to touch on that a little bit later, but, you know, we, if you want to bring it up now. Well, we, we, we'll we get to that in a second, but I, but with, with me, you know, with Ozzy, what's great is that... um I see things in, in him that are so Nelson. I mean, just his, his mannerisms or the way he'll throw out a one liner. It's my father that comes out of him and he didn't know him. 
you know, like at all. The you know the the force is strong in this one kind of thing. And and uh, who's to say he doesn't know? About it, <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're right. Um, but uh, good point. Good point. He, it's a good point. He he actually, what's great about it though is he talks about him all the time. You know, Grandpa Rick. He's Grandpa Rick, and and he has these great recordings and television appearances yeah, and Gunnar and I, you know, we, one of the shows we do is, is a tribute to him and stuff. And, and he's learned about his, his grandfather that way. And he talks about him like he's, he's still alive. Cause he, he is, we still talk about him all the time and, and that's his grandpa, Rick. And, and it's pretty neat to have that. It's such a blessing to actually have that amazing uh, saga to, to kind of go back to most people don't have, you know, a yeah. family TV show that they can show, you know, their, their descendants and stuff like that. It's pretty neat to have that. I know Gunner's had that with, with his kids too. You know, it's a really neat thing to, to be a part of in that sense. And, and I, you know, definitely say as Gunner and I can attest to, you know, we grew up seventies kids in largely a broken home. You know, our dad was gone an awful lot. Um, our mom was an amazing artist and frankly did was lacking the mommy gene. And, uh, you know, there were, there was, there was substance abuse and stuff like that, that really played into their breakup. And it was, uh, Gunnar and I always had each other basically. And as much as we, we were very close to our father, but we didn't see him a lot. You know, we, we never doubted that he loved us, but he was, he was the sweet and our mother was the sour. And, and so, um, we, we basically raised ourselves, to be honest with you. Gunnar and I had each other. We were our, basically, we were our family, had each other's backs. It worked out great in our career. But I think we, we talked a lot about, about families as we were growing older. What, what, wouldn't it be great to have just, you know, to be dads and have great kids and to do all that kind of stuff? And, uh, you know, we had a, we always say that there are different kinds of inspirations and I don't want to disparage anybody, but we also, we, as for, uh, uh, for the examples, like our grandfather, Ozzy, who managed to keep it together and everybody seemed to love him. And he was a very, I, re- I remember grandpa, he was a great guy and stuff like that. But of course, you know, the nuclear family is pretty much epitomized by the Nelson family ideal of the 1950s and early 60s and stuff, which is, you know, no pressure at all, because what we re- what we actually experienced was really not that. So we really kind of wanted to to be that, to live that when we were older. And I know myself personally, you know, I, I kind of had a false start with um, with a, a marriage that that lasted a long time, but was completely devoid of love and no children or anything like that. So, you know, I really well, I was praying for that to happen. And I was very fortunate that that did. Same thing with Gunner. You know, uh, he he found what he found after a lifetime of, uh, you know, uh, of of missing it. And so we really, I think a lot of it too, is that we, you know, I know I can speak for myself. I genuinely appreciate the honor and the opportunity to be a father. I think it's a, I honestly think that I'm the most fortunate guy in the world also because Gunnar and I, we work hard, but I think we've also worked a little smarter, dare I say, than our father in, in the sense that we, we work and we do things that we love to do still we get to do it together, but we also make sure that we have enough time to know our families and to spend enough time with them so we can be fathers. That's yeah. the thing, too. You know, you got to be present to win. You just do. You know, and frankly, yes, stuff costs money, but you got to find that balance of, yeah, but but my time is worth more than that, you know, uh, with my kids and my, because I can't take the, you know, Ozzy's eight. I, I blinked. He was, he was five just a minute ago. 
you know, it just yeah. it goes so fast. You know, he's got he's gone through three shoe sizes this year. You yeah. know, I mean, I, if, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's I, I it do. Goes, it I, goes I, wanna, I mean, I think about Gunner's kids, and and honestly, when I met them, they were really little. You know, two of the girls were really really little, and they're grown women now, beautiful grown women. They've they've uh, they're really good people, and. And just to see how fast that went, because I remember when I first met him, like it was yesterday, you know, I guess that's what happens when you get to my age is like, yeah, time really does fly. You know, it, it's uh, one of those things I'm, where you blink and it's over. I'm right there with both of you. And Nick, um, I want to I want to back up just a second on what you touched on. Um, mm. I'm going to be 48 this year. So I'm right there with you guys. You do not look a stitch above 47. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Right. I was, I was wishing for 46, but yeah, we'll go with there. It's because I didn't dye the beard recently, Nick. Um, but there's something to be said myself. I, I, I like to consider it. I, I was late father too. I, I didn't have my biological kids until I was 36. And uh-huh. I thought that was that that skews a little bit later. Um, yeah, something sure. to be very said about nice. getting nice. all that out of the way, all the partying, all the young stuff, whatever it is. And you touched on it an appreciation now that we're older that yeah. uh-huh. I get to be a dad. You know, it, it it's I get to be. No, this is something it's, that you it's get great. to do. Yeah, you're yeah. not I something can, that you have to do. You Big difference. And, and Nick, I had my first kid when I was 19. Right, he has so, both sides. This yeah. is great. Uh-huh. So like I'm 19, I find out the this girl I know is pregnant, <laughs> wasn't really even dating her. And uh, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have a kid. So all of a sudden I'm thrown into no more partying and trying to be an adult, trying to be responsible. And just being so young, my, my oldest, my two oldest kids suffered a lot because I was so selfish, so concerned about what's good for me, not what's mm-hmm. good for them, chasing how much money can I make? How many businesses can I start? What can I do? That that's what my yep. goal in life was. As I got older, um, my three middle kids, I was I was in my mid-20s when they were born. So I knew a little bit more. I was more concerned about being a dad, more concerned about being present. And then I started all over again when I hit 40. I had a, had, my wife and I just had a baby. So he's two now. We have another one on the and way. Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> We have, was that last the, sentence? we have another one on the way. She's doing wow, about four months. So basically now that I'm over 40, I'm like, man, you know, this is this being a dad thing is it's completely different at each stage in your life. And now it's like, you know, I'm more concerned about being home, uh-huh. work less, be present more. And, you know, doing this podcast is awesome. If it does what it's going to do, then great. If not, you know, I'll sell cars, whatever. But uh, <laughs> Well, whatever the, the, the truth too is that I first of all totally mad respect for all the different things that you've gone through with with fatherhood. Um, you know, I I do know that after Gunnar and I have we we're still as I said we're still we're still playing doing all that kind of stuff, but it it means something different to us as Gunnar said, and it's really true. We're we're working so we can live with 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 our kids and our families. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, when when uh, my wife Carrie got pregnant with Ozzy. I remember going into the OBGYN and there was a marking on the top of her chart that said geriatric pregnancy. I'm like, what? <laughs> geriatric? What? But, you know, I guess anything after 25 is considered a geriatric pregnancy, yeah. you know? And, um, you know, she was, she was older than that. You know, she was, I think, 41. And so, you know, again, different set of circumstances with all that stuff, different concerns. 
And, and there really is a huge truth of it. This is something that we get to do because I always say that at the end, you know, I, I realized that, that, um, Ozzy is the reason why I was here at all. You know, my, 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 my kids are the reason why I was here. And then when you pass on, you know, you're not gonna be saying, Hey, I made a whole bunch of money. You know, you're going to say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to live on through, through my kids, you know, Gunner's daughters are going to carry on his legacy and, and, and stuff. And that's what it's really kind of about. And then all that other stuff, I think that's the one blessing of the last couple of years. You can find anything about the last couple of years that was even remotely cool was the fact that it completely snapped around our priorities back to where they should have been, you know, which is, it's not about, you know, chasing paper. It's not about all of that ego stuff. It's just not. It's about, you know, leaving the world a little bit better than it was when you got there. And there's no better way of doing that than with great children to leave behind, to carry you on. A you know? big eye-opener for me. And my oldest son is 23 now. Uh, he's in the military. And from 16 to about 18, he was going down a path of getting in, hanging out with the wrong crowd. Sure. Kind of partying a little too much. And I was able to share what I went through when I was his age. And I'm like, hey, you don't want to end up down that road. You don't want to be 19, have a girlfriend that's pregnant that you don't really love. You don't, you don't want that. You want to you know, grow up, be respectful, respect women, be nice. And it was so cool to see a complete 180 on him. He joined the military, went off the boot camp, and came back a completely different person. And sure. it's like, wow. It's like, I, I did this. <laughs> I helped this kid. Yeah. Like, that that, that was you, a good opening thing for me. It's like, oh my gosh, this, this is what being well, a dad is about. It's so it, passing good stuff on to your little people, basically. Well, I think there's that too. And, and just, you know, I don't know what your beliefs are or whatever, but, you know, I'm really pretty firm in the fact that that's, you know, that is not an accident. You know, God put you in that spot so you could do that because yeah. I can, I, I've seen so many dads where their, their kids spin out in the curves and it's so painful for, mm -hmm. for a family to, I mean, I can't think of anything more painful than, you yeah. know, a child that you love making disastrous decisions and you're being helpful, helpless to, to do anything about it. So, well, you know, I honestly, also thank God too, that happened. I, 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 I totally agree with Matt, but I also think Matt and I both have a qualification for being fathers that a lot of people aren't blessed with which is basically we've been professional cat herders for 30 years. We run rock and roll bands and, you know, basically uh, anything can happen at any time and there is no certainty with anything. And it just kind of cultivates a, a, a certain kind of personality that I've found to be completely invaluable when you've got a house with, you know, three little girls growing up. I mean, for example, I don't know if, if most fathers would do this, but my middle daughter decided to go to her first high school party. This was a couple of years ago. Okay, this and is I good. That, this is good. I need this. Yeah, and I saw that look in her eye. And and she was like, you know, kind of sneaking texts and doing all that kind of stuff. And I saw that look in her eye. I pulled her aside before she went and said, look, mm. got real close to her. I said, you're about to do something really stupid. I know you're going to do it. And I know you're set on doing it. I'm just going to tell you this one time whatever you're thinking about doing and whatever you're coordinating with your little friends, don't do it. And she's like, Oh, pop, no, 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 you're crazy. I'm not going to do anything. Right. So she goes to her party. And about two hours later, I get a, a, a phone call from one of her guy friends 
who says, Mr. Nelson, um, your daughter is here and she is absolutely plots. She, she has just been drinking whatever people have been handling, handing her and all that stuff. And she just tried to leave or some guy actually wanted to leave the party with her. And I stopped them. And can you please come here and pick her up? And, and she had no idea that her, her friend had called me. Right. So I said, absolutely. And then I texted my daughter and I said, I am on my way. Uh, ping me your location. And she didn't question me. She gave me her location. She got in the car. When I got there, I had to go retrieve her from the party. Didn't make a scene, put her in the car. And I said, have you been drinking? And she's kind of like weaving. She says, no. So I rolled up the windows in the car. It was a winter night. I rolled up all the windows in the car and turned on the heater full blast. Mm. And boy, by, man, by the time we got home, man, the, I mean, my eyes were watering. It smelled like moonshine straight right? up the <laughs> yeah. car. <laughs> and it was just this great moment that she's never going to forget because she tried to tell a little bit of a fib. Right. But, but uh, you know, little, little, little road story there, you know, we just put up the windows and turned on the heat and she couldn't lie about it anymore. That was her one party that she went to that she lost control and did something stupid. And that she, you know, about. Her, yeah, well, the next morning, <laughs> you know, the next morning was a difficult morning for her and yeah. she was, you know, had a bad headache and she, you know, was throwing up and doing the whole thing and kind of let her kind of cruise through that whole thing. And then she came to me and said, you know, you were absolutely right. And I promise you this, I'm never going to lie to you again. I'm not going to do that again. And to her credit, uh, as Matthew said, as far as I know, she hasn't at least not like that. And I think yeah. that was the moment where uh, it was a crossroads moment where a lot of kids would continue to hang out with that group and do that sort of thing every weekend. And before you know it, they're getting into trouble and then they're getting bad grades at school and then you get in the phone calls and then they're in juvie. And then, you know, I, I do have some friends that have kids like that. And my heart goes out to them because they yeah. weren't able to be there that one night that their kid needed them to get face to face with them and say, don't do this. They go and do this. And you still get to be the father that shows up and picks them up and makes sure they're safe and embarrasses them a little bit and lets them Ralph and do the whole thing. Yeah. And you know, you know I gotta say this thing, Gunnar, here's a, here's the thing too. I just really kind of hit me. Gunnar and I were, you know, we grew up in Southern California and we were going to public school, um, called Pacific Palisades high. And, uh, I remember that there was this rash of kids that would drink on the weekends and get into car wrecks. And there were like a string of fatal car wrecks back then. And I remember, I remember like, like Gittle Gladwin and Michelle Meeker, all these people that, that like, we went, you know, we went home for the weekend and came back Monday and, Hey, did you hear what happened? And it was just, um, it was, I just remember being really affected by, the fact it was um, at the time, you know, we had uh, our family, we'd been through a divorce with our parents. So Gunnar and I were living in kind of a, a nicer area because it had a good school district and stuff. This is L.A. So we did that. Um, but it was a very affluent area. We just didn't have any money. We thought we did. But but there were a lot of very absent parents that used to buy like brand new cars for their teenage kids and give them a ridiculous allowance. And some of these kids were playing around with, you know, with Coke and, and weed and all that kind of stuff. And Gunnar and I never got into that, thank God. But, and we didn't like to drink, but I just noticed that on weekends, these kids, I really think were so lonely 
and so desperate for their parents' love, which they were just not going to get because they were so consumed, these parents, with, you know, being the head of their law firm, uh, you know, being a partner or knowing this person in the government. I mean, it was like high up kind of stuff. And these were the most spoiled yet miserable kids. And they wound up taking themselves out. Yeah. And so when Gunnar tells me that story, I kind of remember what it was like when we were his daughter's age and, and like that kind of stuff was happening. Thank God Gunner was there to be able to actually physically be there and nip that in the bud because had that happened to some of those kids that we grew up with, their parents wouldn't have showed up. And who knows if those kids would have made it home. Yeah, That's just how it was. And what's sad is I don't think those kids even realized that they wanted or needed their parents. Correct. I think, it, I think that's, that's what they were desperate for. Everybody yeah. wanted their parents and they were just not there. I just remember that. And in your case, Gunner, with that story is yeah. a, you handled it pretty much perfect. I, yeah. I, you know, I, I mean, I, I put myself in your shoes as if this were happening to me, as you're telling me that story. And I don't know if I would have been able to contain myself. You know, I, I'm, I'm, a, I've, I've got a temper. I'm Irish, got red hair. It's cool. You know, and I, but you got to do that. You got to, you know, it was a guest. I forget who it was, but he said, you got to be on their team. Uh, it was TJ Lavin. Yeah, so you got you got to be on their team, and uh-huh. you know you handle that perfect. And I think because of that, there was a respect gained on both sides, and it allowed that to be where she just you know she made that choice subconsciously, that which all thing. goes to being a good goddamn parent, man. Yeah. Pardon my French. Oh, that, was, that was a big thing I learned too. It's it's tough love, but doing it on an equal level, not going in like, hey, I'm your dad, get the f out of this party. You're done, but like the way you handle it. Hey, let's go. This this isn't cool. Let's let's talk about this. Well, that, also, that was a turning water and being able to laugh about it afterwards. We're Nelsons, yeah. man. You, you know, look, it, it was serious, <laughs> but you you got to be able to have a little bit of a yeah. sense of humor with it too. So you know, the the rule around my house is okay. Um, I'm not saying you're not going to get in trouble, but if you lie. It's going to be so much yes, worse I know, than if you just tell me the truth. And here's the one thing they do know. They do know that, and, and it's just the way it is. Stuff happens. The, the rule has always been, you can call me anytime, no questions asked. I won't grill you in the moment. It doesn't mean we won't talk about it the next day. I will pick you up, no questions asked. I don't want you riding in the car with someone that's been drinking or impaired or if you feel like, because, you know, Matt and I really come from more of the whole survivalist side of things, too. So I'm all about instinct and awareness, and especially with this crazy world that we're living in. And it's like, you know, girls, pay attention to those gut feelings. If you meet somebody and they don't feel good to you, don't try to be polite. Be assertive. Get yourself out of the situation. If you need help, you call Pop. Pop will be there. Yeah. And Pop's, Pop's going to call about 10 of his redneck friends, and we're going to all be there. <laughs> and, right. And they know that. And, and, you know, it's actually pretty cool because as I watch these girls choose their own social group and the guys that they hang out with naturally, they have no tolerance for, for douchey guys. They, they just really don't. They like people with good character and funny people and people who keep their word and, and all that stuff. And I just watch them doing that naturally. And that's kind of one of those things where I had this moment where uh, Matt and I are writing with our friend JJ here. He's out from California. And uh, I was outside uh, on my back porch and I was looking through the windows at my kids making dinner for the family. 
and laughing with each other and listening to classic rock and picking on each other in, in a good natured way and, and cooking a great meal, which by the way, absolutely rocked and stuff. And I just had one of these moments where it's like, they're going to be okay. These girls are all going to be okay. And I know I'm getting kind of, kind of worked up about this, but work it, that's, man. It's that's all, all you, that's all you want, man. When you're a parent, you just want to prep your kids to be good people. And, and when you're gone, that they're going to be a blessing to the world. And, and that being your legacy, look, we've already had number one hits. We've sold millions of records. You know, we've been incredibly rich. We've been broker than broke. We've been healthy. We've been sick. I've seen the whole thing. And we've been, uh, man, really close to death a lot of times. And I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, the only thing I think about is my family. That's it. I think about my kids. I don't, I don't care about that other stuff. You know, take it from a guy who's been to the top of the mountain and felt incredibly empty and lonely when I got there because I, and I realized in hindsight, the reason why I did on my 22nd birthday, Matt and I went number one in the world. And then my, my first thought was, oh shit, now what? And yeah. that was a scary moment. That was a really scary moment. But the thing that was missing that I didn't realize was the thing that a 19, 20 year old think would be the, the end of his life, which is, you know, a kid at that point. Yeah. That's what was missing. I didn't have children at that point. Yeah, I didn't have How long too. did it take I, you to realize that? Because yeah. you didn't realize it at 22. No, no. I, I, I realized it at 45 when I met my kids. I had that moment. See, Matthew had the blessing of going through, you know, the whole natural course of things. And, you know, um, his wife had to choose at that age. And both of them were older than most people are when they start a family. She'd already had, you know, two kids before. So that was a real gift that she gave him. Yeah, she was- but they, 13 years between kids, man, you know, you know, that's a long time. So, so they talked about that, but, but for me, you know, when I, when I met my kids, um, I had this, this like soul recognition moment where it's like, Oh, there you are, you know? And, and it was really amazing because it took me getting to 45 into that one moment in my life to get this clarity on what had been missing because I really, up until meeting them, I really had never been truly happy. I'd had moments and all that kind of stuff, but but not to the core, to the soul, feeling completed, you know, that kind of bliss that every I think most people think uh, you know, having lots of money or a cool car or a flashy house or whatever is going to give them. And all I'm trying to say is I've had all of those things and it didn't give me even a fraction of the the feeling of completion that that being a father has given me. There it is. Hey, now I don't want to go. We're get, we were super serious there for almost the entire episode. I need uh-huh. to bring it back just a little bit. Cause this is okay. a live episode. There are cool. fans of Nelson in this room right now watching this. And uh, one in particular, if I want to point Where out are those two chicks, uh, Lorraine <laughs> Tovar says, I have an addition to the Nelson's collection. She's been on since the beginning. Um, I made them eat your quilt now to get it to them. So Lorraine's got a quilt for you guys. Oh. So I'm sure you wow. can find them on social media, Lorraine, and uh, get a PO box and, and they'll totally well, enjoy cool, it. The Nelson um, comes to see us. Absolutely. Yes. Happy early birthday, Matthew and Gunner. Hope you guys oh. do a meat hook one for your B day. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, Matthew's probably not even all that aware of it, but uh, Matt, we're going to be filming a, a meat hook live event here coming up for our birthday just want to let you know um but yeah that's going to be oh, it's going to be Aaron thank on our you birthday. 
Can you know, explain um, what a meat hook is? And when is uh, your birthday? Well, <laughs> this is a company drink. Oh, uh, September 20th. Um, this company, it's uh, a company called Meat Hook, and they they actually were more of like the heavy rock metal sort of thing. And they were doing like Zoom one to many concerts before the whole COVID thing happened. Right. And then when, uh, you know, COVID happened and they kept all the strip clubs and liquor stores open, but shut down all us musicians because we were the dangerous ones. Uh-huh. Um, yep, yep. We, we couldn't. Uh, I don't feel so bad. They shut down the churches, too, because apparently that was terrifying. Um, uh, we basically, uh, Matt and I spent two years trying to figure out because, uh, you know, I've always said we're in the connection business. How do you connect with your audience when, um, when the fun of, of like going to a rock concert is all the inconvenience of getting a sitter and taking the time and going down there and driving there and, and, and all this stuff and, and all the challenges of, of seeing your show. And then hopefully that show blows your mind and you've created an experience you'll always remember they took all that away from us for two whole years. So we were approached by this company who said, yeah, we've done the whole metal thing up to this point, hence the name, which, uh, which I think is interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, so clever M E E T hook me. Right. right. I, but it's kind of gory. Um, uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, they, they gave us the opportunity to do some, um, some one-to-many events and they, they've been good. And, and we weren't going to do any more of those because of course, uh, fortunately, our shows have opened up. We can do it live and go out and perform for people now, uh, which is nothing we'll ever take for granted ever again. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, we did a little bit of filming at a concert that Nelson did uh, here in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, about two or three weeks ago. It was called Monsters on the Mountain. And somebody from their their company came out and filmed some behind the scenes stuff. Um, I don't know if it's any good. If it sucks, it's Matt's fault. And uh, we're going to take some of that footage. And we're going to incorporate that with uh, playing some songs live and answering some questions for our fans. And that's going to be coming up on the 20th. Nice. Very cool. Do you guys have any plans uh, of uh, hitting up Vegas anytime soon performing? We were just there. We were I just know. there again. Uh, you were, you were Brian. I, our our yeah, boy, Brian yeah. Hopkins. Yeah. Uh, love Brian. Um, I don't yeah, think we, we, we do. We have anything. I don't, think, I, I don't think we do. We, we might get back to the Shelby people maybe and kind of finish what we started before COVID. Remember we were supposed to do a charity gig for them. Maybe we could arrange that and have an excuse to be back in Vegas playing because I, you know, we might guest with, with, uh, with some friends there, but as far as us having a proper gig, these, these places are a little jealous of you working at other venues. So like with us, our room is the South point. That's really where we've been playing. And uh, as of now, you know, if we, if we went to get a, you know, grab another show at another venue it kind of ruffles their feathers. So, and they don't really like to have you back right away. I think we could probably pull off maybe once a year at the South point with our various stuff, but um, we've got a new project we're launching called firstborn sons. And it's a completely different type of it's country rock with an emphasis on the rock. And I think that's something that wouldn't compete. We could probably bring that out to Vegas. I'd actually really like to, you know, maybe film our first videos out there and stuff. It's a great place to work. We have lots of yeah, yeah. friends out there, of course, Brian and, and all those guys and, and stuff, but we'd love to come out and, and see you again. The only reason I ask yeah. is I'm there all the time and I'd love to check you guys out live. Something I've never done. I mean, gosh, almost 50 years old, grew up with you. I mean, anywho, we'll get there anywho. one day. All right. <laughs> you guys, we're getting close. To, I mean, God, you guys are amazing. And, and almost an hour. Um, I'm going to plant a couple seeds here. This is something okay. Nick 
Nick typically does, but um, he's been uh, feeling kind of down recently uh, with his health. So I'm not, I don't want to put the pressure of this question on him. I, I did it this week though. You did do it, but I did you guys heard, you guys, you got heard about Nick. So we were, no, we were in no, Vegas a couple no. weeks ago and for lack of a better way to put it, Nick. Uh, okay. I'm just going to put it out there. He had All a stroke. Right. Um, Nick oh. had a stroke in Vegas and he flew back oh, home and, sorry, man. and checking things out. They found some other issues. He's got a lump in his thyroid, his chest under his eye, and he's getting things checked out. But um, it's a constant battle for this guy every single day just to get up and out of bed and do life. And he's got a kid on the way. So, um, oh man, I, I'm just really, I'm year old that kicks my ass every night. So. Right. So it, it's difficult for him, but he's going to get through this and it's going to be yes, amazing. We're, um, we're gonna we'll be praying for him, man. You know, my uh, my wife has lupus, so I know what it's like to you know to see somebody that that every day it's a, it's a tough thing. And you know, Gunner's wife just got through something too. So you know, Gunner if Gunner wants to divulge that or not, but um, you know, it's all a matter of you know one foot in front of the other and and fighting through it. But Nick, we'll be we'll be pulling for you, man. You know, yeah. absolutely. Was that working? Was that was that working up to a question? Yes. Yeah. That, that, that was the, the, the preemptive strike apparently. Um, yeah, that's right. Cause so, we didn't get to, to the part B. What is part yeah. B? So Nick in, in, in all his gloriousness, he likes to, while we record these podcasts, try to book more guests during the podcast with the people we speak with connections. And uh, sometimes I'm like, uh-huh. no, that's not the best thing to do, Nick. <laughs> You know, I don't think we should do such a thing, but um, I am going to plan. Are you scene. are you actually you're leveraging Nick's maladies to try to get more talent on your show? Come on, come on. I love it. I think it's a great idea. He's stealing my thunder. It's like, a two parter. Is is nefarious? What are the odds of Uncle Mark Harmon appearing on Dadcast? That's all I'm asking. Ooh, probably not very good. Uh, it's funny because um, you know, we get along really well with Mark and and even though we get along really well with Mark and he's occasionally said some really nice things about us, usually about our work ethic. Right. The truth of the matter is Mark seems to be um, very sensitive about, you know, like us enlisting him or asking him to do stuff. We, you know, Gunnar and I are getting inducted into a hall of fame in, in North Dakota of all things, they have a Scandinavian American hall of fame uh-huh. and clearly they've run out of people to induct, but they're, they're inducting us in this thing this year. And we are, we're flying, we're flying in and stuff. And the, the person that was arranging for it, we've known her for a long time, but you would think, Oh, it's your uncle, right? Hey, Hey, can you ask your uncle to fly to Minot and say a few words about you? And it's like, no offense. I mean, he's, to me, he's Uncle Mark, but you want me to get Mark Harmon to jump on a plane and go to Minot, North Dakota to talk about his his nephews? You know, no effing way. It's just not going to happen. You know? <laughs> Enough said. Um, Part two. Part okay. two. All right. All right. We do a Father's Day special every single year um, <laughs> that includes as many of the previous guests from that year um, on a huge episode with like 75 of these blocks on. I'm willing. Um, is that something you guys would be interested in doing? We don't oh, do sure. it on Father's Day. Oh, yeah. No, we record it a few weeks yeah. prior. Oh, so Father's Day, yeah. not Arbor Day, right? <laughs> yes. Maybe we should switch it to Arbor Day. Uh, or National <laughs> Pizza Day, you know? Day up a little bit. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, and, No, and guys, honestly, I'm in. You know, count, count me in on that one. Absolutely. I think that would be great. Um, I would, and also I would love to have you guys on again, aside from that. I mean, we've gone through an hour and barely just scratched the surface on this whole fatherhood thing. Um, 
Nick, did you prepare a fast five or we just want to skip over that? I don't know. I, I got it. And we can skip it if you guys want. No, can... let's go. No, man. No, no, go ahead. Gunner, Gunner's going to do the fast five because he's a quicker talker. I'm, I'm a little bit muted. Go ahead, Gunner. Okay. So you can have a okay. billboard with anything on it. What would it be and why? Am I going to have a billboard with anything on it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd have a billboard that says God is real. Cool. All right. That's it. Perfect. Okay. God is real. Okay. Number two. In all your years of touring, what's your favorite venue to play? My favorite video, did you say? Venue. 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 Venue, yeah. Wow. Um, it would be the Gorge. Nice. Washington? Yep. The yeah. Columbia the River Gorge. Amazing. Yep. yep. That, was, that was just absolutely breathtaking. It really was. My favorite time actually playing with Matthew um, in a venue so to speak, was at the Universal Amphitheater, which was in L.A. where Matt and I used to go see our shows and stuff when we were kids. We actually saw our first real concert outside of our dad performing. It was Linda Ronstadt during her heyday when the Universal Amphitheater had no roof. It was a legit amphitheater overlooking the San Fernando Valley. I'm from L.A., you guys. So every when you you had Pacific Palisades earlier, I was like, damn, I'm like, I, yep. But, but actually being on that first Nelson tour and selling out the Universal Amphitheater within the first two and a half minutes of the tickets being on sale and playing a sold out show at the venue that we grew up watching shows and yeah. seeing those people on stage and going, I want to do that one day. That was pretty badass. I, well, also because it was the last place we ever saw our father perform. So that's need to have that yeah. as well. And for, and for me, I would have to say the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, which we just played a couple of years ago. It's they call it the Mother Church of Country Music. We opened for, uh, we did a gig. Nelson played with Loverboy. Nice. And I just remember, Sweet. you know, our our dad, when he had the Stone Canyon band, it was, uh, he played there three days before he wrote his song Garden Party. So it kind of felt like that connection again, you know, very traditional thing. Oh, very cool. Uh, what's the coolest dad moment you have? Got to pick one. Oh. This is tough. Coolest you gotta dad pick moment. one? Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> all. Well, Gunner, go ahead. I, uh, Matt, you go first. Cause I've got so many good ones. <laughs> I really do. I have so many good well, ones, but I, I had, I had, I had the most intense drama and elation within the same one minute of my life, which was, I was there when uh, my wife went into labor and I was there the entire time trying to make her comfortable. And they gave her something called Pitocin or something like that. Yeah. We're supposed to make you a contract yeah. or whatever. And it just, it just wasn't working. And frankly, Ozzy had a big head. So the bottom line was it was 16 hours in. She had uh, been under Pitocin. She was really, she was just exhausted. She just couldn't go anymore. And the doctor got this very, very, very desperate look on his face. And he said, this baby needs to come out right now. Like you need to have this baby out of you now. It was a, definitely, you could see the nurses were freaking something was wrong. And, um, she, uh, she did her final push. And, and honestly, I thought, I, I didn't, I thought I was going to lose my wife. It was that bad. And, and, and Ozzy, you know, I was so that desperate feeling of is, is this going to be okay? And, and as I said, I was there and then, then Ozzy came out and he made his first noises and she laid him on, on her, on her, the nurse laid her on her chest. So for me, that was, that was the moment. It was all in the same thing. It was the most desperate feeling I had to the most elation I've ever had all in the same minute. So that, that's it for me. Very real. Mine would have to be, uh, I just met my daughters and they were very young and my middle daughter, Ariana, um, I just, I love them all so much, but it was the moment 
when, uh, gosh, I was only into my relationship about a month and this little girl comes up to me and she's like seven years old and she just looks up at me and she, uh, she goes, can I call you pop? Oh, that was it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Your favorite to cook for your kids. Uh, my favorite, I'm sorry. Favorite meal to cook for your kids. Like what kind of, what's your favorite dish? Um, mine would be uh, brisket and Guinness pie and banana. Oh, oh my God. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty good. We, we are cooking mofos in this house. We are. Can I come for that one night? Anytime. I mean, just to invite myself over, you know, a- anytime, anytime. I'll cook Maybe we'll anybody. start with the recipe. That's, that's so intrusive of me. I apologize. You know, See, my kid is, my kids are, are, my kid is a little bit younger. So for him, it's very easy. Chicken nuggets. There, there you is. go. Chicken nuggets. There you go. The chicken I nuggies. I got my two-year-old off macaroni and cheese, and now we're on spaghettios. Oh, uh, better. That's better. Cool. We're making my, progress. My, my kids have a fairly sophisticated <laughs> palate. They're all wonderful cooks, and they're really adventurous. I always encourage that from the time they were babies, just to get in there. And, and they, they love to cook, which is really great. We had a moment about uh, two weeks ago where my eldest was there with her her new uh, her new boyfriend and he was making some comments about man it's really too bad that Perry's is closed I just I don't know what it is I'm just craving bananas foster and you know 15 minutes later they were eating it at the house <laughs> and so it was it was cool it was a good moment and uh, and the fact that my daughter actually knew how to make it was like right on you know they're um, I they're actually have to take mine back my gunner I got to say just in hindsight no, it's not chicken nuggets. My my son's favorite meal is sugar. Anything <laughs> <Yes>. sugar. <laughs> so funny story right. about that. Oh, here we night, go. So my son is all about powdered donuts. The little oh yeah little package you get at Walmart, right? So yeah, we bought sure. them. We hit them like it's nine o'clock at night last night. We hit them. They're up on the shelf. My wife went to bed because she's tired, pregnant, stuff. So I'm like, all right, I'll stay up with the baby, no problem. 30 minutes, I'm like, shit, I haven't heard the kid in a while. <laughs> and I'm like half asleep on the couch. I go in the kitchen and he's eating the whole bag of donuts. So now get yeah. it straight. They're called donuts. Donuts, yes. yes. Donuts. So last night. Now, he's now I think I could bed. say I think I could say for every dad in the whole world, you know when it's if you have a, a smaller child, the time to get really nervous it's is when it gets quiet. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right? Same thing works yeah. when they're in their late teens as well. Just saying. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. still trying to figure out how did he get up on the counter, get the donuts, get down back on the floor without He pulled a drawer out and, and converted it into a step, step ladder, man. Sure. Easy peasy. Gentlemen, yeah. I've got two final questions for you, and then we'll wrap okay. this episode up. The first question, um, eh, you probably got it before. The second question, I like to consider the most important question I ask of every guest. So, no pressure. First one. Okay. Either of you, yeah, let's answer it separately. You can play a show with any artist, living or dead, that you have not previously played with. Who is it going to be? My father. That's easy. Same I thing figured with me. as much. Okay. Yeah. Same thing with me. We Second recorded, question. he recorded us, he produced us, but we never got a chance to play with him on stage. He watched us, he, we opened for him, but that was the one thing we missed. So yeah. that's a one, one thing we'd like to do. Sure. Okay. And- McCartney's the second. Okay, there you go. <laughs> All right, Gunner, who's your second? Oh, my second? Yeah. George Harrison. Oh, let's just get them all together again. 
Yeah, yeah I, I, I was, uh, you know, Uncle George lived next door to us when Matt and I were babies. And yeah. he used to come over and hang out in our house and hang out with our dad and stuff when he was putting the Stone Canyon band together. I was, uh, that aside, I've always been, you know, people ask you, it's kind of like the litmus test. Who's your favorite Beatle? And, uh, you know, most people say John or Paul. And I'm, I'm a George guy, you know. Um, I love the way he lived his life. I loved how much he loved his family. And uh, boy, I just think it always came through in his playing. And, you know, imagine coming up with, uh, with guys like Paul and John in the band, taking all the, the spotlight and stuff. And all of a sudden, you know, you come up with, here comes the sun. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah, I, I always mess people up when people say, who's your favorite Beatle? I always say Pete Best. It always screws them up. Right. The fifth <laughs> Beatle. <laughs> all right. <laughs> My most important question I like to ask, uh, Gunnar, I'll start with you. If you could impart one piece of wisdom or advice to any new or about to be new dad, what is it going to be? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to get in there and be vulnerable. Don't be afraid to be present. Don't be afraid to give your love. Um, Your child is going to be nothing but a blessing to you if you allow that to be. Um, it's ironic coming from a Nelson family. I mean, we actually embody that whole nuclear family thing and their political organization organizations to this day that have their mission statement. Our mission is to kill the nuclear family. We are the nuclear family. That's us. I think family is everything, man. I think as a man, I was nothing. Even as a number one hit songwriting guy with millions of sales, I was nobody until I was a father. So what I would say to a new father, your life has just begun. It has just begun. It's a grand adventure. You know, enjoy every minute of it and get into it. You know, don't be afraid. Matt yeah, Nelson, you got to follow that. Well, it's a pretty good one. It's really simple. Do the best that you can all the time. You know, it kind of goes along with, you know, you're going to mess up. Just get it right more than you mess up and move forward. Because that's what it's all about. It's about just doing the best that you can, doing what you feel is right for your child, putting your child first. That's which is kind of easy to do, really, if you really pay attention, especially when you're older. We were just talking about that. But be there, be present, do the best that you can be there. And, and, and you know, you know, just be the best that you can. Very good. He is Gunner. He is Matt. They are Nelson. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on DadCast. It has been I've got a top five. Um a previous guest has now just been uh, knocked out that top five because you have uh, taken a spot right there in my favorite episodes we've done today. Um, oh, thanks. All right. It's on. been enlightening. Um, you guys are shining examples of what dads should be, need to be, can be, will be, all the words. Well, thank thanks, you. guys. And I have a feeling we're going to be seeing a lot more of you. I hope so. Okay. I, I hope so as well. Yeah, me too. Hey, Gunner, good job. Did a good job, dude. Well, thank you, brother. You did a good job too, man. <laughs> Y'all did a good job. And to everyone <laughs> right. watching live on the stream or watching this later, or uh, whether you're listening to it, watching it, thank you very, very, very much for your support. We appreciate you. Uh, please like it up, subscribe, comment, do all that good social media stuff. And we will of course catch you on the very next episode. One last time, Gunner and Matt Nelson. Thank you very much for coming on DadCast. We appreciate you. Have a great rest of your night. You too. God bless you guys. Bye-bye.